Hi everyone, Good Life Housing Partners, episode 31 here in downtown Los Angeles at the Good Life HQ as we end another week, Friday, May 2nd, uh, April 2nd, and we are rapidly getting vaccinated up. My partner in crime here, just taking a second shot, feeling good, feeling confident, feeling fearless, ready to take on the world as he hits the road next week. David Fong, where may I find you right now, my friend? <laughs> Well, next week you will find me in Dallas. I will be hitting the road again. But as you mentioned, I'm excited. I got my second shot, so got that over with. And, squirt, squirt. And uh, not, not, not really any side effects of the little soreness in the arm. So that's a good thing. Um, just a lot of excitement. Major League Baseball also started. That's right. Yes, yesterday, and uh, some stadiums were open, so that's yeah. ex exciting. And uh, you know, fifteen thousand fans 15, in, in fans, uh, good yeah. old Anaheim. Yes. Look at that. And Los and, that. and then just locally, you know, Los Los Angeles now is is about to uh, move back from into the orange tier, which which opens up a lot of restrictions. Restaurants, dine in now go from twenty five percent to fifty percent capacity. Although in typical Los Angeles bureaucratic fashion, instead of opening on Wednesday, they've now decided to wait the weekend, and so they're going to do it on Monday. Weekends are dangerous, um, but, buddy. But, you know, in contrast, the good old folks down south in Orange County have opened on Wednesday exactly when they qualified under the state guidelines. Yeah. The Long Beach also follows suit, uh, but Pasadena, like good old L.A. County, decided to wait till Monday. Yeah. But, you know, times are changing. It's, it's on the horizon, so, so excited about that. And as you mentioned, um, about to head out to Dallas to go um, look at a couple of new transactions um, that were one on the contract with, and then a couple of new ones that were in best and final chasing. Yeah. And so very excited about that. So uh, very positive. Yeah, very positive. I, I think you bring up an interesting point on the, the move to the orange tier. Because one of the things that's happened is we've moved tiers from the worst purple and now, and I think red and now eventually orange, is I would have thought that you know, now it's been over like, we're getting into the second, well past the second month when outdoor dining opened and the tiers started moving and cases are way down. And you would have thought that there'd be more like where we are in the center of the city where there's, you know, pre-pandemic, there's tons of restaurants and activity. It's still really about the same. Like it's not, we haven't really seen a real shift. Like I can't say, oh yeah, there's, 10 more restaurants that are open or 10 more restaurants that look like they're going to open. It's about the, about where it was in January. Maybe a few more restaurants, maybe a little longer hours, some indoor dining, but pretty much the same. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think Which is the, a rest surprise. the restaurants that were open this whole time, mostly yeah. doing takeout, um, I've seen a little, and, and had some outdoor dining. I have seen just a little more people now eating at those restaurants yeah. because now they're indoors too, yeah. in addition to being outside. But... Anecdotally, one of the restaurant owners I talked to, I asked her when we, before we, you know, LA's still not in this orange tier, but the, the tier above it where it's 25% dine-in, I asked her, so how, does, how is business going now, now that you can do dine-in? And she basically said, not much different, it's really much the same, it's same folks who came to buy takeout now just sitting here and drinking and eating instead. Um, but it is, it is a nice, refreshing change, a little more interaction, and it, I think something we've all been anxiously waiting for. Yeah, so. we, is it, but if you think about it, it's like one of the things we may look back on at, at the pandemic and how it affected specifically big city restaurants and businesses that were like California or New York where you had real lockdowns, that if you didn't have whatever the appetite or the courage or the capacity or the resources, whatever it was, to stay open during the lockdowns, 
your chance of making out of the lockdown, at least early early returns are very low. Yeah. Like like ridiculously low. Like the restaurants that I would have thought big restaurants, big revenues that once you, you know, that green light was given, they, I thought they would open up by now. Don't look like anything's changing and don't look like anything's changing for a while. Yeah. And which is really surprising. Well, that and case in point that I'm forgetting the name now. The the restaurant right around the corner from us, the the one that had yeah. the most sales. Um, Bottega Louis. Bottega Louis. Yeah. Uh, you know they've been closed the whole time, and I've always been wondering because you know I like that restaurant, and I've been wondering what are they really doing? Are they ever going to come back? Achieving? You know. Yeah. Similarly, there's sort of another boutique restaurant in in the South Bay I used to go to, and they never were open, and I think they're gone. And so, you know, I, I saw some, you know, vacancy signs the other day for their space. And so, um, as you said, you know, most most of those restaurants probably, you know, won't it, be around It really too. shows you, like, how fragile the fragility of those small businesses that when they, like, when they couldn't afford staff anymore, they couldn't pay rent or whatever it was, and they or they just were too afraid to or whatever, that the, the, they went from being, like, maybe a good business or, like, Bottega Luke, a very good business had real revenues, big revenues for that matter, to basically being like, I don't even know if they're on life support now. Like, I don't know what the deal is with these restaurants. Like, I just think that they're, it's tough. Like, you, you almost had to just stay open and just like kind of like tread water for a long time. Because if you didn't, I see yeah. at least early is that it is very hard to flip that switch if you could even, Yeah. you know, it's tough. Yeah. Like, I, I think if you didn't that. tread water, you, you probably were drowning. And if you're treading yeah. water, you still might drown. But yeah. I, I think, like you said, they didn't have, you know, you don't have it's any basically, chance. Basically, I'm seeing, uh, and this is, like, I'm not going to these places, but anecdotes, other people that were, like, staying open, they were doing delivery, they started new delivery programs, and they went to outdoor, they continued doing delivery, and now they're still, because they had that, whatever little momentum that, you know, was allowed, they're now open and open for indoor. Or they're, like, super capitalized, they're big restaurant groups, and they're just like, yeah. okay, we moved into somebody's space and we're going to, we're, you know, restrictions are moving and we're capitalized and we're going to go in there. Yeah. The big chains. I've big seen chains are big restaurant around. groups. Yeah. And, I, and I think I mentioned last week I, I was in Vegas and I ate at, you know, Capitol Grill. Yeah. Which was a big, big chain. chain. And so, and so yeah. they, and, you know, nice little spot in Fashion Mall overlooking the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah. And so, like, those guys survived and, and I've seen, actually, there's a sign for another Capitol Grill co- opening up here in downtown L.A. Yeah. And so I think, you know, that's a big ownership group. Yeah, a big ownership group. They'll make it through. But again, the smaller guys and the more local guys. Who owns that? Is that Tillman Fertitta? Don't remember. But it'll be interesting. Um, The other interesting thing I think is is sort of a million dollar question a lot of people in real estate are trying to figure out is what's going to happen with office? You know, what's happening with the office market? And we'll, we'll, you know, companies are slowly starting to go back to work and some of them are slowly having the people come back. Corporate, big, larger corporates. Big, large corporates. And so, you know, is, is, you know, what's going to happen over the next 12 months is, you know, is it going to be the death of the, the old guard cities, you know, the New Yorks, the LA's and San Francisco, you know, the big core office markets, you know, are those going to be fundamentally changed or, or will it just be sort of a gradual blip and a return to normal? And so that's sort of the question I've been seeing a lot in, in real estate circles. What's your thoughts on that? No, I, I think you, it's, it's a good point. It's one that's, that's slowly being answered. Like, and it's really, you know, if you look at the, the middle of the country or, or states that were generally open, they're more or less back. And those offices are more or less back. And, but the schedules of a lot of people have changed. Mm-hmm. 
they're not in the office for five days, they're doing some sort of hybrid, and I don't think that's out of like, they're worried about COVID in those states. I think it's just, they're doing more remotely. You know, maybe their staff meeting that used to be in a big corporate room is now just a Zoom call. Um, maybe they've shifted in other ways, uh, but I see those offices open. And so for the coastal cities or coastal states where, you know, there was more restrictions and lockdowns, I've seen a slower progress back to opening the office with a lot more, like groups like ours, we're small, we can, you know, we can open the office and, and it's not an issue for us. But I think for bigger, larger, you know, consultant groups or lawyer, you know, big law, law firms law or firms, accounting firms, accounting firms, they have more kind of balls in the air, it seems like. Yeah. And they're going to these kind of hotel office type deals yeah. where you, you book time and you come in or you have to be in for certain times, but not all the time. Yeah. But they, I definitely, I do think with some of the people who are analyzing this, I do think they will be coming back to a certain degree. You know, mm-hmm. they, they will have some element they want of, to come back. of work from home, but they, I think the nature of their business will be that they need to be collaborative or, yeah. or having a bunch of people together in, so, in some format. And then also partly for the training too, I guess sort of that, that younger element when they kind of join these types of larger national firms, they kind of need to interact with them to sort of, you know, get into the corporate culture and, and kind of move up the chain. And so I don't think they'll have a situation where, where they just do it all remote and somehow, you know, the, the partnership track at, say, a price, price Waterhouse, you, you can go eight to <laughs> ten years and never have gone to the office. Yeah, you're always client with your, side. Yeah, yeah, there's a client side and there's also just interacting with your peers and other partners to evaluate you, that whole sort of corporate side of it, that, that just doesn't work if, if you're never in the office. Yeah, um, and you don't progress. That's the yeah, problem. You don't that's progress. What, yeah. That's what's going to happen. In, in a lot of ways, like, it's, it's really, I could see a world where you have a very funny effect happening, that the people that are most able to work from home, that means younger people, they've used Zoom a lot, mm-hmm. they're used to video conferencing, they're used to doing things remotely, actually really need the office to open. Because if you don't have that office opening, nobody's going to really see outside of what you produce that, you know, how, how innovative you are or how, you know, how special you are, special or smart or whatever you are. It's very hard to see it. Right. Yeah. And so that like, it's almost like the people that are going to be the most adept at working from home are the ones that most (laughs) need to be in the office because otherwise they won't progress. Yeah. yeah. Cause the older middle management kind of people, they've sort of proven themselves or they've sort of gotten, their rep going in. in well, in I think it's world. like like where you like where you got your first jobs, Latham in New York, nineties. Like I can imagine you saying, "I'm be working from home for like a few days." Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, "You can just stay at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, you, you, don't, don't come back. Yeah, exactly. Don't come exactly. back ever." Yeah. So so that model I don't think will change because. But that's the problem. Is like you could have like your senior partner is like, "Yo, I'm gonna be. I'll be in three days a week." Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're like, "Dude, I need like." You know, and you should be with this guy yeah. and you ask him 10,000 yeah. questions. Yeah. And like, well, no, and, and like you said, the senior partner can do the three days a week. Yeah. But when he's working, he's going to expect that first or second year lawyer to be there. Like when right there. Those three, day, yeah. those three days I'm in, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's not like, oh, yeah. let me coordinate with your three days off. No. So, so it's, it's definitely But you need to, but the other side of it is it's, it's not even like you can tr- go ahead and try and coordinate that. That's, and that's, I don't know how that's looked at. But, but the reality of it is, dude, you need to be there. Yeah. Like there's no, that's the problem in this yeah. whole thing is like the senior guy can be like okay i'm gonna go rain make and go do all these magical things for the firm but 
in order to show what magic you're doing, yeah. you need to kind of be in there. Yeah, you need to be there and, and kind of, you know, show, show your work product. So it's an interesting, yeah. we're going to get into some really interesting dichotomies when yeah. it comes to, you know, how work, because the other side of it is that this pandemic has really shown, it's shown very quickly where un unemployment went so high, 15, 20% in June, and now we're at like five yeah. in in. You know, yeah. Open states like a state like California is still kind of an eight mm -hmm. or nine, but it's rapidly going downwards. Yeah, and much we, much more aggressively you know, than I thought it would. Much more aggressively, and it's a lot of jobs are gone. Right, yeah. like we walk from here to our garage, and there's like used to be fifteen restaurants. There's three, yeah. and, a, and a very active Whole Foods. Whole Foods, yeah. Right, so and and so like that's a lot of jobs. That's probably like a couple hundred jobs in, yeah. in that three block walk. Yep, and yep. those are gone. And so, but those people have somehow um, employed themselves elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of instances of that where, like, they've just, some industry is just gone, or, or maybe it's gone temporarily, and now those people have just moved on to somewhere else. Because unemployment, if it, it weren't that way, it would be still kind of sitting at that 12, 15 number, yeah. but it's actually shrinking. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing how fast uh, we're, we're, we're recovering. And then similarly, we've talked about travel too. You know, now that everyone's getting vaccinated, yeah. I'm starting to see all these articles about, you know, the vaccination paperwork or passport yeah. and all this to travel Europe or to travel, you know, around the U.S. CDC also issued guidelines yesterday, I believe, mm -hmm. <laughs> where they said it's okay for people who've gotten their full both vaccination shots and, and the, the 10 days that have passed after it to, you know, to go out and do things and interact with, uh, you know, people who may not have been gotten shots yeah. and, and to do more stuff. And so... I think the human nature, of course, is going to be, you know, okay, you can travel too. And now you, they're just going to take that extra step. I'm going to travel super, even more than I normally would, just because I haven't traveled in so long, and I want to see grandma and grandpa. Yeah. And so, and so they will get out more. Mm-hmm. And, and you, th that's another area where, like, you know, a bunch of f pilots were furloughed, where people, you know, restaurants and airports, where uh, flight attendants, where just people were just not working because the industry sunk so far. Yeah. Hotels were closed. And now all of that's coming like roaring back. Yeah. I mean, American was, you know, eighty percent capacity this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, as of May, they're gonna, um, there's gonna be no more grounded planes. I mean, that's a stunning. Stunning. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, especially when you look at how how long it took. It just a matter of weeks. Yeah. That's changed. And the confidence is right back. I mean, we, you know, I can say, uh, you know, back in I would say it's October and stuff like that, we were like, okay. Know, are we going to quarantine? What are we going to do? And that's all gone now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> What's quarantine? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, everyone's reduced their quarantine requirements. Or too. what is quarantine? Yeah. I haven't even yeah. mentioned quarantine in the last three, four months. Like that's, nobody. That's, that's true. They, the part of the guns, I guess, also is you know you've been vaccinated, no longer need to quarantine. Yeah. When you come back, it's, so. it's really amazing how things have shifted so quickly from where we were, like you know, um, not a year ago because that was sort of the worst of it, but really where we were in this like that. Summer November, 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 December, January, where yeah. the spike was yeah, when we had the surge, here. yeah. And even though like L.A. and places like that were more harder hit, it's just the whole country was at like such a sagging point then, and then suddenly it's just been a ramp as that yeah. vaccine is hit. Yeah. Actually, that's true. If you think about it, that 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 surge and that low point, as you call, if you want to call it that. In November, right? That's only a few months away yeah. from, from, you know. That Thanksgiving, and so, so much, they shut down so, yeah, the outdoor dining, Yeah, everyone's right? worried about Thanksgiving and Christmas get-togethers. Right, they of, shut down outdoor summer, dining, yeah. then and, right after Thanksgiving. Right after Thanksgiving. And, so, and you look at it now like, you know, only, you know, March just barely ended. Yeah, And so and, and, and now, you know, people are talking about, you know, okay, everyone, you know, we're going to have a normal July 4th if, if yeah. we can. It's Biden's goal. I mean, you know. You know, April 15th, you know. 
you know, LA or excuse me, California, they, they anticipate, you know, any age can get your yeah. vaccines now. So it's, you know, all the floodgates are open. Yeah, floodgates are open. Probably I mean, you, so. you know, I don't, I don't think like your chance of getting the COVID at, at like the baseball stadium that's a quarter full is probably pretty light. Yeah. Like, as long as you're, because it's already kind of a sparse stadium, 15,000 on 60. Yeah. You know, you're going to keep your distance. But like, I think by the, by the end of the summer, you're yeah. going to see full stadiums. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Well, they're planning to play. You know, I think what they play sixty-two games last year, yeah. and they said oh, they, yeah, 60, yeah. they plan to do the full hundred sixty-two well, games. Jesus, and, I, and I always said I forgot because it's been a year now. Like, I oh like yeah, baseball has better. a lot of games. I like the sixty-two better. <laughs> so, <laughs> although I, I, I would agree. go to a game though. Although it was an interesting article about uh, the you know, opening day yesterday for the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles, where they talked about how you know it was actually refreshing. I, you know, in terms of waiting on line for food stands and and it's not as crowded as it is usually at stadiums when it's full and you're you know wall-to-wall people is actually a little more uh, relaxing too so yeah it's, a, it's i guess it is kind of a nicer effect with less people there but i don't know yeah but you don't have the <laughs> cheering when yeah but then you lose the effect they did also say on the flip side they did say when the home run the winning home run was hit whatever you know or the the, the opposing team's shutout was, was broken by a hit. You know, all that cheering that went, you did have your cheers, but it wasn't the same when yeah. the pack stadium goes nuts on, the, on those kinds of events. Yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. Well, uh, shall we do a, a numbers round, my friend? Would uh, you have any, sure. any number on your Well, my number you there? kind of talked about, so I, I'll, I'll do two numbers then. Uh, I was originally going to use 15,000, which was the oh, amount of sorry. Pe- people um, – Allowed right. at, at the uh, Anaheim Angels uh, baseball stadium, you know, as versus the forty-five thousand plus in a full stadium. You oh, would so they're there. a third. Then. So they're a third. Okay. And so and it, and it went off without a hitch, so so that's the good news. Um, on the flip side, there was one MLB game that was canceled opening day, which was the uh, Mets um, and Washington Nationals, because a couple of Washington National players uh, tested positive for COVID right before the game, and so they so that was a little disappointment for th- those fans. Um, the other number I'll draw is 45 million, hmm. which is actually the number of people between the age of 30 to 40 in the United States, sort of the aging millennial generation that I, I, I found interesting. They're going to be the main drivers of home sales and, and price, home prices. 35 price. to what? 30 to 40 years old. 30 to 40. Yeah, because that's New the home age. Sales. No, no, 30 to 40 million people okay. are, 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 are age, excuse me, 45 million people. Or age thirty to forty, okay, and and that that's going to grow by two million people over the next few years, and so that's sort of the largest segment of the population, of the population. and that sort of younger actually that age group thirty to forty years old is that age where normally you start to, to develop more household formations yeah. and the desire to buy a house, have a family, yeah, and so they think that's going to have a big impact on housing prices, and again we've talked about housing supply shortages, which also will then drive a lot of people to renting because they can't afford to buy the house and, and the impact that it'll have on apartment building. So it's an interesting class to watch. And so that was the other number I had. What's your number? No, wait, wait on that, on this number. So, but that's always been the class. It's always been that 30 to 40 year old, right? Well, they were younger. They, <laughs> oh, it was 20. They were in their 20s. 20s. Now, it's now, 30 now to 40. they're heading into that okay, next, next, next. Well, okay. I think, I mean, just to, before I jump my number, I think that's, it's interesting because so that we've known this for a while. It's very commonsensical. Yeah. Like yeah. that, it's get you get married later. You want your yeah. career more established. You want to have more fun. You want to do whatever you want to do. So that's nothing. That's not like new, but I think what we will see is 
that it's already pretty hard to buy houses today. And sure. it's actually gotten harder. And I didn't realize this. I heard a report this morning where because it's actually getting much harder to refinance mm -hmm. and they're really tightening up credit guidelines. Mm -hmm. A lot of the bigger banks mm -hmm. are. Why and is it harder to refinance? They're tightening the credit they're guidelines. Tight, okay. They're just looking for they're higher higher, tax score, higher, higher uh, jobs and everything. Higher jobs, so higher salaries, credit scores. Mm -hmm. I, I think there was a there was a little bit of a, of a I don't know for sure, I don't have the data on this, but I think somewhere last year where there was still lending happening, mm -hmm. it was it was somehow a little easier mm -hmm. on getting refinances or purchases done. And I think since the start of the year, it's actually tightened somewhere. Mm -hmm. And especially as we're getting into the second quarter, it seems like things have tightened. And it seems like not only are tightening on the refinance end, which mm -hmm. is what I'm, and they're, they're actually, I think it's what's happening is because there's so fewer purchases happening because mm -hmm. there's such a low inventory that all these folks are pushing to refinance. And so it could be that they're overwhelming the system or it could be that the system's like, we have too many people at 2% rates. Yeah. Could be like, it could be, I don't know which one it is. Well, it, I, well, I think this, what they were saying, what's interesting is I think this group of people will put more pressure so that it'll make it even oh, yeah, more tough because if it's harder right now, it's going to get yeah. even harder because this is hard. the age group and there's a lot of them that will be looking to buy houses yeah. and then it's going to push the pricing again up and, and then, you know, given where supply is, it's going to be more challenging. Yeah, for them I, to get I think houses. it will. I think it's going to get much harder and you're, you're going to hear more and more talk about it uh, amongst everything else. It, it, it has been a, buying a home in America is such a fundamental part of the story Yeah, and it seems like it's come way back than what it was where, you know, last recession where a lot of those folks in that group were totally out on buying a home. Th those folks have come running back, whether it be through family formation or, or elsewhere. And, and now I think you're going to see a no, whole new cohort of people that see home purchasing as still the best kind of hold of wealth, a hold mm -hmm. of network. Creation of um, My number is a funny one. So I, I've, I've been getting back into the to the rideshare program and uh, you know just toggling between Lyft and Uber and then I, I saw this ad I was like Lyft sent me this thing refer a friend to Lyft and you'll get a two dollar in ride credit two dollars two dollars <laughs> and so my number is two because if you look back just like a maybe two years ago that was a legitimate twenty dollars and now I guess there's there's so few people that still need to get referred to Lyft or there's just no value in it anymore. It's now two dollars. I mean, I don't know if I type my friend's email in for two dollars. I have to go find his email and go type that in for a two dollar credit. But it's amazing how far that thing has dipped. Like, yeah, if you look okay. at it, like I don't know if I would share my That's email. That's interesting. My, my contacts. Because that obviously would inspire me to take a look just for two bucks. Yeah. So, so it's it shows you like. You know, maybe that's sort of a reverse inflation where people are just like, we don't need to give these credits anymore. We've gotten all the customers we need at this point. Well, that's saturated. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys. This was us for this week. Uh, sorry again, no questions. It's been a, a very heavy month full of deals, and uh, we've been trying to keep our heads uh, focused on that. But uh, we will get to them when David is back from Dallas next week. And uh, always good to have everyone. Please reach out on our uh LinkedIn or Instagram, and you can always email us at pod at goodlifehp.com. David, those final sweet two words. Be before I say those, it, oh. you just reminded me of one other thing, too. Oh, please go ahead. We, we actually forgot to mention, we actually closed an exit on an asset this week. And we, oh, yeah. we sold 
our Remington transaction and we exited with a double digit IRR and, yes. a, and a fairly high uh, equity multiple. And so congratulations to us and our team. And again, be safe, everyone, and get your vaccine. Thanks. Bye.